Now on the stretch now with Norman Dancer out in front. He'll rise coming at him on the outside. Texas period on the outside to take the lead. Sham holding in second. It's Texas period moving away. He has it by two and a half. Seattle's smooth opens it to four lanes. It's all swell. He's there by four lanes. Here comes Ferdinand on the rail. In the final furlong, it's Ferdinand getting the lead. And down the stretch they come. Winning colors in front. And Street Sense goes right on by Hart's Fun. Street Sense has taken over and opens up here. 16th to go, an American Pharaoh and firing line. And it's American Pharaoh pulling away late. American Pharaoh rules the Derby. Listening to the 2023 Kentucky Oaks Seminar, presented by the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, CC Broadus, and special guest, Kevin Kilroy. Okay, it's that time of year. Hello and welcome to episode number 142 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. It's our annual Kentucky Oaks Seminar. Joined up front by Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers, and we'll have a special guest a little bit later on when we commence our seminar. Guys, I think we are the only podcast that is uh, that relates to horse racing this week. Am I correct on this? Get out of town. I mean, we're the only podcast covering Belterra and Vaginaline Downs this weekend. Are you serious? <laughs> really? Uh, hard to believe, hard to believe. But I guess people have other things going on and stuff, you know. NFL draft talking about that politics and stuff. So I guess there's too much people don't have enough time for it, I suppose, or maybe not enough interest around here. Will, Le- Will Levis <laughs> is he on? Are we having him on later? Uh, it's next week. It's next okay. week. Okay, yeah. gotcha. That's in the second round of our podcast schedule. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I like the pun, guys. Any uh, any uh, Kentucky Oaks memories? Uh, can, can I start? Sure. You know, the, the Oaks used to be a different thing. That, and again, I've, I've been an old timer. Uh, I talk about things like this a lot because I went to Churchill back in the day when I was younger. And I, I remember my dad and I, we used to go and it wasn't a big deal. Like it was, it was fun and it was kind of crowded, but you'd go for him for like two bucks. Right. And you just, there wasn't like this, all the uh, hoopla that there is now. And so it was still a nice crowd. So I remember going there in, for the eighties in the eighties for, I got next to nothing. Those times have changed. I think we can all agree with that, right? Uh, the price are a little crazy. On the racetrack, 
I would have to say uh, Rachel Alexander. We were in the, we were in the infield right when Rachel Alexandra absolutely yes. destroyed was... the Kentucky Oaks field at about what one to nine by yes. nineteen lengths. Yes, I think I Alan think. Sand ran second, I believe, but that was that was kind of heart stopping watching her go by, right? Don't I've got Stone Legacy second, Flying Spur third. Really? I'm, maybe I'm thinking of a. I don't know. I just know it was a long way back, right, to the rest of the 20, field. Twenty and a quarter links in front. She earned a one hundred eight buyer. Do you have? Is there anyone else that comes to mind when you think of the Kentucky Oaks? Well, I'm like you. That this race was always important. But back in the day, like you would get fields of eight and nine, you wouldn't get these overflow fields like they did. I mean, it's a it's not as big as the Derby, but it's it's close as, as it close is. as you can get. I mean, back in the day, I remember you remember a filly named Love You, uh, Love Me, Love Me Not. Yes, John Ward, right, my Arkansas yeah. trainer. Glenn Wismer trained Love yes. Me, Love Me Not. Glenn Wismer, that's right. Bobby Fabio Arguello won uh, in 1992. I forgot Fabio Arguello won the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah. I completely, you know, I, I mentioned the other day that it, real quick, you know, I mentioned the other day on, on Twitter that that bubble that is Twitter that uh, MC Hammer won the Kentucky Oaks back in uh, 19, I want to say 1993 with Light Light. Very, 91. very good horse. 1991. 91. That's correct. And I bring it up because apparently MC Hammer saw it and actually commented on my tweet. It's like <laughs> pretty yeah. impressive. So, um, and it, it, people forget he also had a horse run third in the Derby. Uh, was it the following year? But uh, there was a little time that uh, he was at the top of the – him and his entourage came out here for the Oaks and uh, did very well. By the way, MC Hammer actually has a lot of money. There was a lot of stuff going on him being bankrupt. But he's doing extremely well these days, as I understand. But uh, there yeah. you go. A lot of people based don't know on, that. Based on the Twitter results of that, yeah, he seemed to be just fine. Yeah, he's he's doing well. <laughs> he had his issues back in the day, but no longer. Yeah, right. if I'm reading this right, uh, of course Wayne Lucas trained Secret Oath last year, 2022. That was uh, we're looking at a 32 year gap between uh, last year's victory in the Oaks and his last victory in the Oaks, which was in 1990 with Seaside Attraction for W. T. Young. Excellent racehorse. Yeah, I forgot all about that horse too. So yeah, who, who beat Go for One, who was the reigning two year old Philly champion that year. And it was an incredible ride by Luis Saez, right? And Luis, Luis Saez, just like Tyler Gaffleon, is really hot right now. So, you know, they're on a couple of live horses in the Derby as well. So, something to keep in mind there, too. All right. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, now Brandon's got a scat for some reason on us. He's, he's, he's doing his Brandon thing, big timing us. <laughs> <laughs> he has a tendency but, to do it. We love but him. But while we've got him here, uh, obviously the, the the seminar is not going to officially begin until our guest gets here, but big, uh, in the, the meantime, yeah. as an appetizer, and Brandon's somebody that knows about appetizers or d'oeuvres, if you will. Brandon's going to uh, to to give us his what top three, top four, maybe a potential wager uh, that he would recommend for this year's Kentucky Oaks. Brandon, take it away. And he hasn't thought about it, so we just now asked him, right? This yeah, is the first I'm time. really just on the spot. I, you know, you guys always put me on the spot here in the podcast. Everyone knows I got an affinity to the podcast <laughs> of Brett Cox, but when I saw Botanical get off get off the course uh, late April, I guess it was April 27th workout. I mean, going a minute flat on five furlongs. 
he didn't even come back breathing. I mean, he was just like, it was, all, it was almost like smoking a cigar. The horse walked off the track like nothing happened. His workmate was just gassed, foaming, sweaty, everything else. Botanical was all in hand, perfect, and not even like a deep breath. It was kind of insane. So I, I just, that, that to me just stuck out of like a million, a million miles an hour when I saw that. And so did my friends. We all saw it. But So Brandon likes botanicals, what you're saying. Correct? Yeah. Thanks, Alan. Thank you. <laughs> you want to cut me? I feel the stage left here. But no, no. So who else do you keep, like? Keep going. Yeah. Let's see what you got. No, I thought botanicals really strong. And, you know, I can't, I can't disagree with wet paint. I mean, that's obviously a perfect, it's a perfect setup for wet paint. Uh, but, you know, since I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of hostility on this podcast today. Defining purpose, I thought, would be a really, really good long shot. I thought Ashland with that horse ran perfect. And you got to disregard the last two starts at Oakland. Oakland sucks. I hate Oakland. It <laughs> really is. is. I mean, I don't know what else. analysis. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep like, going. It's like treading water, you know, in Oakland. Every time. It's terrible. But, and then I thought Dorf Vader was pretty decent. In the last couple starts, horses got promise, and I love Louis Tyus getting them out there. So we keep it in short. Those are my top three for, or you know, top three four for the Oaks. You know, obviously, I think Cox is definitely live, but I really couldn't go much crazier than that. I mean, well, I couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> Brandon, right. we're, we're glad you joined us this this evening. Uh, we're gonna see you tomorrow night for the for the other one. Derby? Yep, I'll be there. 110%. All right, All right, grab you a cup of coffee and we'll take a break and coming right up, Mr. Kevin Ke- Kilroy. Kevin Kilroy. All right, the Kentucky Oak Seminar is moving right along and now we want to introduce our special guest, a return guest. Welcome to Louisville, Mr. Kevin Kilroy. Fellas, thanks for having me back on. Last time I uh, got to hang out with you guys, uh, we were going to play some sort of prank on Joe K, and then my call dropped, and it, it didn't oh. work. So, uh, hopefully, oh. we get to another another shot. The, there'll be plenty of time for that. We we <laughs> we always want to get a good dig in on Kevin Kilroy, or excuse me, Kevin <laughs> Joe Joe Chris. Okay. I know I know it'll come back to me if we do it to him. So uh, I well, see that coming in the future too. We're going to get you later, so don't worry. <laughs> we will let we'll let uh, Joe have a pass. He's pretty damn busy this week. I. Right. By the way, I mean, is, is anybody sleeping this week, Kevin? Do you know? I mean, with those uh, guys yourself, I mean, my God. I, you know, I mean, it's up at 4 a.m. for me, and I know those guys get up. Scott and Joe are, I know that they're up at like, I don't know, like 2.30 yesterday. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. they, uh, they don't get much sleep. And you can, you kind of hear with Shaq today on air. Did, did you guys listen to him? I, I was at work, but I did hear a little bit. You could see, uh, you know, the, the needle starts to hit E after a little bit, right? But, uh, I know it's the labor. Truck, you know, it, it was all good though. It, it was like, Oh, I like this, this chap. I like, I like him being loose. Like this is great. Yeah. I know, I know it's a labor of love, but I also know that it's a lot of preparation, a lot of demands on your time. Cause there's not just, there's the handicapping. There's gotta, you gotta be educated on air. You gotta be, and then, you know, you might want to, these races are tough to handicap and stuff too. So there's a lot you got to have going on in your head. Be prepared. So it's impressive that they pull it off. It's impressive that the, the work you do and stuff. So I know it's a labor of love, but it's also it, it is work, right? Too. 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> it, uh, it's it's so engaging, you know. I mean, I I love it. You know, when, I, when I'm here, I'm working on the notes team, you know, for the track, and and I'm writing pieces for uh, for in the money media, um, and it's you know being on the backside talking to everybody, having all that buzz around, all the adrenaline pumping. Um, and then having races going in the afternoon, um, and riding, I love riding. I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's beautiful. I, I love it. So, um, and watching horses staring at me, you know, it's an obsession. So it's like, it's work, but it's an obsession. It's just a little bit different. Right. Right. And so do you, do you like being in Louisville? I mean, if, do you like the city and you can insult the city? We won't care. I mean, we have issues <laughs> with it too, but, uh, do you like being here? I'm trying to figure it out. Last, last year when I was here, I was like, I thought maybe I was moving here. Um, and so I was trying to get my mindset to love it. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty adjustable in that sort of way. I was talking myself into it. And this time I'm here, you know, I, I haven't stepped out as much. I've just kind of been back and forth between the hotel and the track and, um, haven't been able to assess it. Um, it's similar. You know, I'm from Kansas City. It's, it's similar, um, in it a is. lot of ways. I think it's a little bit more active here. There's like, you know, the, the Bardstown, all that sort of stuff is, is bumping. And, um, but it's, it's a mid-sized city with Midwestern you know, people close to rural traditions, you know, so it's, it's kind of similar. How old are you, Kevin? 44. The reason I ask, could you use the phrase bumping? And I thought that was kind of cool. And if I, if I use that phrase, my kids are all over me and stuff. It doesn't stop oh, me yeah. from doing it, but, uh, yeah, kids, was, kids call you out on those words, right? When they, when you say, and they're like, you can't say that. Stop saying you stuff. can't say that. I mean, the things they say to me, but anyway, <laughs> go ahead, CC. Okay, well, Kevin, what we're going to do here today is uh, we're going to go through the entire Kentucky Oaks field one by one. Uh, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the horses we don't like. So if you don't like a horse, just say, uh, I'm not interested, and we'll move on to the next one. Alan will, will lend his insight, and I might uh, might share a bit too. So uh, if you're cool with that, we'll get started. Let's do it. And then we also want to know if you like anything else later on, earlier in the car. We don't have to go every race, but... Something catches your eye, something that you've got paid, because, you know, you know, let us know that at the end, but we'll, we'll get to that here shortly. Okay. Well, the Oaks is the 11th race on the Friday card, $1.25 million for three-year-old fillies, mile and eight. They all carry 121 pounds. Drawing the rail, Mimi Kakushi, a daughter of City of Light, on a three-race win streak. She hasn't been seen, though, since February 17th. Michael Barzalona, who I do believe has won an Epsom Derby, takes the mount. Uh, Kevin, your thoughts, if any, on Mimi Kakushi? Um, so, you know, first and foremost, in my mind, with like watching everybody in the mornings, and it, it, no way does that uh, form my uh, entire handicapping opinion. Um, I was intrigued because she seemed kind of leggy. Uh, she seemed like maybe, you know, she can, she can get distance and run through the wire. And uh, these foreign horses, they always just, you know, they, I just, I like, all right, I gotta, I gotta look a little bit closer. Um, just not being as familiar with them and all those sort of things. Yeah. I mean, coming in on a nice win streak should be fresh. I like the form pattern, you know, it took a nice step forward for that last race as a two year old. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's paired up eights in, on third graph as a three year old. So I could, I could see a, a, a step forward. And could be maybe a wild card to use. Um, definitely will be a price, but, um, it, you know, that's, that's me trying to talk myself in, into her. And, and really, I'm not, not a fan of that, you know, with, with, with my dollars. 
I have no opinion. Uh, Japanese, I mean, uh, if, if I think, if I want to know the horse, I'll ask Caitlin. <laughs> I, I don't know much about the horse. Uh, it's not for me, but again, with, with anything from, uh, that side of the world, a, a shock us these days, not necessarily, but, uh, I'll well, move th- on. This isn't a Japanese horse. I mean, this, this, oh, feels, you know, she's bred in Kentucky. She's owned by Godolphin. And she, uh, she raised oh, the UAE the, horse. Yeah, the UAE yeah, horse. She's from UAE, United Arab Emirates. But I, I would consider using her underneath. And we know how Godolphin's been running the last couple of years. So, I mean, I, I don't think she would be a surprise if she hit the board. Uh, moving right along, number two, the Alice look, 15 to one for Brad Cox. Javier Castellano, daughter of Connect, finished third after a wide trip in the Fairgrounds Oaks. Prior to that, she won the Silver Bullet Day beating Chop Chop. Kevin, your thoughts on the Alice look? Yeah, I mean, she beat Chop Chop, right, which we thought was a, a good win at the time, and turned out it wasn't, you know. Um, hey, you never know. She's uh, an honest filly. She's big and kick ass, and I, I love her. Her owners, it's a really cool story, but she's come back and kind of just run – um, the same race again and again, and she, I think the Alice got exposed um, there in the uh, in the Fairgrounds Oaks. She really just was, was never in it, um, and and um, I I don't see her winning at all. You know, it is Brad Cox uh, drew pretty nicely. She'll be able to save ground, and she's got a nice. You know, I, I've watched her in the mornings. I'm I'm in a Fairgrounds. I'm, I'm there in the mornings. Um, you know, just about every day watching the horses and, and keeping in tune on the backside. And um, she, she she looks, you know, as good or better, you know, than right before uh, winning that silver bullet day. So there's something there just in, in her energy in the morning and uh, the way she's moving across the track. Um, she didn't run very well here, but it was sloppy that one time she did. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try to beat her. I think she'll, she'll probably take a little bit of money just because of the Cox connection. Yeah, you're right. And first off, we, we do know that it's been uh, well documented, but not everybody's on Twitter, right? Allie's look or Alice look. It is the Alice look, right? Even though it looks like Allie's. Is that right? Yeah, that's what the, that's what the thrash has said, that it's named after a granddaughter, I think. But yeah, and, Alice. Uh, if, if anybody, you, for those who don't know, Kevin Kilroy is uh, the analyst alongside Joe Christofek at Fairgrounds. Does amazing work, just, just fantastic work. So he's a bit of a Louisiana expert, so he, he knows this horse very well. Uh, it's not for me. I know CC likes horse a little bit. I I just I can't get over the very flat effort in that five horse field in the in the fairground oaks. Hoosier Philly didn't fire once again on top of it, and uh, I think he uh, the maiden win came against Mo Sherrill. I believe Mo Sherrill ran today out of Churchill. Right, it's kind of a dull fourth. Uh, so really, uh, outside of the second place finish, pretty mischievous. It looks a little. The resume looks a little barren, uh, as as Kevin says. I mean, it is Brad Cox. Horse draws fairly well, but not for me. Wouldn't shock me, but uh, it's, he's, she's not for me either. So now you can tell us why you like her, CC. Like we'll, we'll take your bets too, CC. Mimi and uh, Al's look. You got it. Will you give me twenty to one? Yeah, I think you'll get sixteen twenty to one probably, won't you? Yeah, you'll get twenty. Well, I don't know. I think it's Cox. You know, I think they're Cox, all. You don't know. But there's three Coxes, so what do you, you know? Maybe it's all going to go in different directions. Tell us, tell us what, tell us what we're missing. I'm searching for a dam right now because I know her, her dam was all right back in the day. The foul play, that's Watts Humphrey, right? Foul, a, foul play is the daughter of Harlan's Holiday. Yeah. Anyway, let me get into my spiel. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, all right. So, 
I thought the, the the last start, the Fairgrounds Oaks was pretty lousy. It was a wide trip, uh, ridiculously wide. I, I mean, I love Luis Saez, but this I don't know about the trip here. But the the race where she beat Chop Chop, they were thirteen and a half lengths clear of. Hey, you never know. And I just wonder if that race knocked Chop Chop out because she's now not been the same since. This filly worked with uh, wet wet paint the other morning. And never let wet paint by. And I, I, I thought that was kind of impressive to me. It's Cox. It's the other, other Cox. She gets a, a rail, uh, skimming ride, probably from Castellano. And I like her third graph pattern too. She, she ran a six in January, six and a quarter. And then even though with, you know, it, with, with the poor effort in the fairgrounds Oaks, she ran a five and a quarter. And six weeks between starts, I think uh, Cox could probably squeeze maybe another point or two out of her with a rail skimming trip. I think she's got a chance to get part of this. I'm going to use her on top and underneath. I'm, I'm going to try to probably uh, work her into some exactas and trifectas with uh, some of the other contenders. So, yeah, at 15 to one, I love her. I love her in this spot. So I'm oh, going wow. to use I'm going to use the Alice look as one of my yeah. top contenders. Wish, wish you the best on that. I, I kind of quit listening to you talked about squeezing Cox, uh, but uh, no, in no, all seriousness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish you the best of luck on that. I can see it. But you're right. In the morning, she has been showing showing something. She she, she sure, sure has in the works and just uh, in her gallop. So you know, maybe right. I'm all for it. I like. I don't think there's that much difference between the best filly in here and and the tenth best filly. So I think there's there is absolutely a chance that this race is right for an upset. I'm not so sure about that, but we'll go on. We'll talk this thing through. All right. <laughs> number, number three, Gambling Girl, fifteen to one morning line for Todd Pletcher, Rad Ortiz, and Michael Rapoli. Last seen on Wood Memorial Day, where she finished second, a half length behind Promise Her America in the Grade Three Gazelle. Kevin, Gambling Girl. You know the pace could heat up in here. I think there's a lot of a lot of pressing types, a lot of a lot of forward horses, and um, Gambling Girl's got that late kick. That last race um, in the Gazelle, um, she got shuffled in the first turn, um, six wide turn, went off heels, and uh, w- was grinding into it. You know, so I think um, she's been this distance three times. She took a, a little step forward, even with I think a little bit of a, t- of a tough trip um, into you know, a, a slow pace. So she's, she's interesting in, in that way to me that she, she's going to clunk up and, and grind it. Um, I rads up. Um, she, she's, she's a, a prize horse that I'm interested in underneath. You know, if I could ask you something real quick, Kevin, about the horse. Um, I, I look at the, I, I, I'm a believer in the Brisnet, uh late pace figs. And I see one twelve there. And sometimes you see these late pace figs or even early pace figs, in these longer races, and sometimes I don't know if they if they're really legit half the time. Sometimes uh, they mean more to me in like shorter distance, like a mile, mile and sixteen, seven furlongs. So what I'm getting to, I see 112 late pace fig there, but at the same time, I see as you said, more of a grinding type finish. That doesn't tell me that doesn't really speak to a 112 pace fig to me. Plus, I see the final time is 151 and two. Um, I didn't see the, the horse's last race. Was it a grinding type effort that that she closed down the stretch? You know, my notes. Um, hold on, real quick. Okay, it's a New York bread as well, uh, too. Yeah, 
you know, I've got just slowly kind of margin. You can see, you know, she's three quarter lengths back, um, at the stretch yeah. call and then at the end of half length back. She, she's, she's, she's not flying, you know, it's, it's not a turn of foot situation. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it, it looks like that big difference a little bit in terms of the, the, the figure because she did have a little bit of trouble at the beginning. Possibly. Uh, maybe, you know, but I mean, I agree with you. These late pace figures, you hear people talk about them all the time. I think they're really significant and you do see wide discrepancies. Uh, yeah. I was trying to pull up the Brisnet real quick and, and see what that was because I wasn't looking at that right now. Oh, I've got, well, I just got the late pacing in Brisbane at 112. And it just, it, to me, the, the, to me, the, the, the style of the, the way the horse closed would not speak to a 112. But also, and when you see the mile and eights, the mile and a quarters, sometimes the mile and a half, sometimes, sometimes those numbers seem a little bit skewed to me. And I just didn't think the running style kind of stated that. But that's, I do think the horse has a chance. This New York has a chance. I just don't, it doesn't have that flashy kick, but it could have that grinding type. And it's Todd Pletcher, who's won this race with long shots before it too. So I'm not overly interested, but eh. Yeah, maybe getting a piece. Yeah, one twelve there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, underneath, I'm, I'm interested just for for clunking up, assuming that the uh, the pace is going to cook up a little bit. It's the next one. I'm a little interested. I want to hear your thoughts on the next one. If you want to see, she has something to say about Gambling Girl. Well, she's improved in all of her last four starts. I mean, that's you. You can't fault a a filly that's no gets better and better with each and every start. So I, I think she's got a shot to hit the board with the right. She track. likes the, likes the distance or three times a mile and eight, but right. you see that and you see that with New York breads a lot too, right? They run the mile and eight an awful lot before other horses seem to and more frequency. So. All right. So moving along, number four, South Lawn, daughter of pioneer of the Nile for Norm Cassie and Robert Masterson, who owned Teppin, uh horse of the year. Uh, many years ago, Ray Lou Gutierrez rides, and she was last seen winning the Fairgrounds Oaks on March 25th. And if you before Kevin goes, I want to ask Kevin: This horse has went from, basically from nowhere to two great races in a row. You're down at the Fairgrounds. What turned this horse around? Um, she's been impressing everybody who's been been on her. I mean, Ray's been so impressed with her since he first got on her in the uh, in the fall. Um, and, and it was excited to to ride her, you know, and um, she uh, finally put it together, right? With a, as a three year old, I mean, what what turned her around? I'm not not exactly sure, but um, she always has showed talent, you know. So maybe just that maturity. Um, that was, I mean, that Oaks is interesting, right? So um, it it set up really nicely for Pretty Mischievous. She was able to uh, yeah. to able to get by. Um, um, Who's your filly who was running a game race, right? Until the uh, top of the stretch and really just stopped. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that, there's something there. But, um, when she, I think, you know, as soon as she passed, she got lost, right? She was away from the herd and she, she was just sort of floating out there and they're putting the blinkers on for, uh, for pretty mischievous. So, you know, did, to, to what I'm getting at is did Southlawn beat a horse who, uh, really lost, uh, some momentum just in terms of losing focus? Gotcha. Um, or did, uh, or did she beat the best that pretty much has to offer? Now she beat her by three and a half quarter lengths and she blew by her, but the pace set up nice for South Lawn in that situation with Hoosier Philly going to the front that really did push them forward and push the race forward. Um, I think it did keep the race away from, you know, the Alice look. Um, so South Lawn, she's, you know, I, I still give her, I still have to give her a huge chance in this and I'm going to use her on top. Big time. Gotcha. Um, I've been watching her and she's just as, as terms of horses that are 
enjoying themselves on the track and uh, moving um, um, with that uh, sort of. I mean, do you guys hear Norm talking about her just there on the yeah. space? Yeah. Um, so I was I was on the rail with Norm today, and uh, we, were, we were you know we were watching her, and you know I I, I don't know I mean it, she she's she she looks great she looks fantastic and um she should get a good trip i mean the patient's set up for her. i think she's going to come up from off of it and uh you know in that in that win there on february 17th it it was it was a bold move on the rail that uh that ray let her open up to and that she really guided you know and really asked for um and she just she's has her mind on the race and you know third start here she's she looks like she's in peak form she's going to step up in a big way. So I think the trip's going to set up for her. I think she's, she's, uh, she's going to be interesting. I don't think we're going to get eight to one though. I think yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of talk. So that's somebody's got to get, somebody's got to get bent. And there's some buzz on South Lawn. I agree with you there. Yes, there's some buzz, which, which makes me a little bit interested in a couple others too. So, um, she's got every shot to win this. Okay. Um, I'll just add to the fact that one thing that doesn't press about the horse, the, the, the big, the big breakthrough race, uh, off the layoff was with Lasix. Uh, in an allowance company, optional allowance companies, but then Fairgrounds Oaks, is that a concern? No, because she basically matches the same race and wins the, the grade two race going away. So there'll be no Lasix today, but that, that doesn't seem to be an issue for her. So, uh, yeah, I was curious to see how fond you are of her. I see the, uh, the works have been dictating that she's live and, uh, I, I thought you might like her. It appears that you do. So yeah. CC, so anything on the South Lawn? Now, I echo everybody's sentiments. I, I, this filly's completely turned it around, though. She, she's been just ultra impressive this this year. I, I I think she needs to get away from the gate a little bit cleanly, more than more than she did last time. But uh, uh, yeah, big chance for her. So we'll moving see. right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just it's curious to see how good the Louisiana horses were. I guess we'll know with, with, with how this horse performs. Is pretty mischievous good? Is the Alice look good? Is um, I think Hoosier Philly's presence down there maybe elevated them when she didn't fire. So um, I think the horse has every chance. We'll find out. Yeah, it's a big question in the Derby too. I mean, I think there's so many horses that left fairgrounds and won. And yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see it all play out. Number five is Wonder Wheel, the reigning two-year-old Philly champion for Mark Cassie. Joel Rosario replaces Tyler Gaffione for, for uh, DJ Stables LLC, daughter of Into Mischief. Uh, Uninspiring finish in the Ashland Stakes where she finished sixth, beaten five and three quarter lengths by defining purpose. What Go do you ahead. think? Of- she, you know, she, she, she confuses me because I know it is everything about a horse is falling out of form, but uh, in the mornings, it's just not the case. But we see that a lot, you know, with, with Phillies specifically, they sort of lose the race, right? They lose, they lose that, uh, that racing mindset, and that could be the case with Wonder Wheel, but she's she's training fantastic. You know, I've, I've been talking to you know, the Carrolls, David Carroll and Ken have been overseeing things while Mark hasn't been there. He's got in today, and um, they're uh, she's doing fantastic. She's doing great. Her coat looks fantastic. She's moving well. I'm watching her every morning. Um, she seems temperamental. I mean, that's not what they said, but that's sort of what I what I what I've given. You know, they're really working to to baby her and make sure her confidence is up. And um, it seems like it, it is there and possibly, you know, rider changes can be those subtle sort of deals where you're like, I don't know why TGAF's obviously one of the best. So is Rosario, but just that rider change can make a difference. I don't think she got the best ride in that last, uh, you know, in, in the Ashland. 
Um, but, uh, you know, there was just no excuses of whatever it was saying. They, she came into it great. Everything, everybody expected a big effort. Um, so, you know, I think I like other Phillies more in here and we'll see what the price is on her if, if she's going to include underneath. But, uh, I think, I thought she was going to be a lower price than 12 to 1, honestly. So we'll see. That's what I was going to ask you is what price do you find acceptable to, to take a shot on this horse? Because, at some point, she you know, she recaptures that that glory. Well, you know, um, do you get interested at twelve to one? Do you get fourteen, or is there, is there no price that you're like under, under the current form that I could that I could take her? So I think twelve to one super interesting. I think these morning lines are a little bit off. To say the I, truth, I, I but, agree. I agree with you there. Yeah, in the Derby too. I'm a little bit perplexed by it, but um, twelve to one. I'm uh, yeah. I'm like, oh wow, we got We got to see with our money with, with this with this one. You know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, twelve to one or higher, I, I would I would work with her on top. And did did Mark Cassie replace Gaffleone or did Gaffleone leave? Do you have any idea? Um, you know, I've got some insights into that, and it sounds just kind of complicated, but um, not replaced. Getting it. But not replaced. Not gotcha. replaced. Yeah. All right. I'm curious. I mean, that again, twelve to one. I mean, do I like the horse? No, at twelve to one, I'm like him. I'd be well. That raises your interest, CC. What do you think? I don't like her. She's not going to be on my tickets. I think she's the best of a really bad, a historically bad two-year-old Philly crop last year. Right. And she has not improved any in two starts off of her her two-year-old best. So that's that's generally a bad sign. And I know she's been working well, but I can't use her. I'd agree, but I would just I will just throw this one caveat with you. When you hear people say, "Well, this Oaksfield isn't that tough," and blah blah blah, and anybody can win, it's like, well, if this Oaksfield isn't this tough. If she recaptures her best form, then she can win, right? If so, if if your argument is the field's not that tough, then it's, then uh, then a twelve to one, if she it's worth it's worth thinking about if she, if she is capable of, of recapturing the form she had as a two year old. Right. I don't think Philly is twelve to one in the in the Black Eyed Susan. Would you be interested in her? I mean, it's kind of like a similar situation, you know? Like right. Maybe twelve to one. We haven't seen that, you know? Yeah. Is, I don't think I don't think her her lifetime best comes close to winning this race though i mean i think she'll she'll have to to run a lifetime best to be competitive here right agreed agreed but then but then then we then we're saying that the field's better than we think it is right Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah i just think they're 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 closely matched i mean she's not in my top eight or nine that's just wow no i no but but i guess our point i guess the point we're making is at 12 to 1 then you know, at four to one, no, not hardly. But at twelve to one, like, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I know who I'm going to play, but at twelve to one, the, the price changes a lot of things, right? So, um, and there's a jockey switch too. So I'm not going to say it's beyond the realm of possibility. Let's put it that way. They are saying that they prefer her to uh, come off the pace if you're trying to to design this race. That they have feel like her best runs have come from off. And, and, and that's a good point because you won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. From well off the pace at Keeneland, right, which is a breathtaking run, and maybe they and they put Rosario on her. He's pretty good at that, so it's just a it's it's interesting. All right, you can move on, brother. Number six is Botanical, daughter of Medaglia Doro. Came up through the Turfway route. All of her winning races have come on the synthetic surface. Uh, she's won her last four starts. Chris Landeros retains the mount for Brad Cox. Kevin. Yeah, I mean she's she's uh she's touting herself for sure. She's seems so fit and um uh she's big. I think she's gonna get the lead 
and I think she's going to be, uh, you know, pressured though. So, um, she, she looks great, you know, of the three Cox Phillies. I think she, she looks the best. Now on the track, I thought wet paint, you know, or on in a race, I thought, I think wet paint has looked the best. I really was impressed with, with her, um, at Oakland. Um, if, but I think, I think she's going to get pressured, but if she, if she got loose, you know, she, she's, she's, she's dangerous. I'm back and forth because I do think the pace is going to, going to cook up on her. So I think she, she might get pressured and, uh, you know, and fade back a little bit. She, uh, she's passed, but she hasn't been passed. And I think that's always a big question at a short price. I agree. Well, okay. Uh, spoiler alert, Turfway bias incoming here. Okay. Yeah, uh, so I like botanical. I mean, I'm like a lot of people. I don't like taking a shorter price and race. People think it's op- fairly open. I won't be doing the Derby, but here, I, and again, there's the, there's the inherent turfway bias. I've been on this horse for months and, uh, I'm not going to let it change here because if, if you watch the horse at turfway, now again, those, those, those fields, although turfway form has been doing excellent, uh, this fine, it's, it's not surprising to me. Uh, this horse toyed with competition there and, and I think I've said three months ago on there that Chris Lane Darrell's rides the, the Brad Cox's horses are wonderfully very patient. He knows he's on the best horse. I just the horse has looked tremendous in her race. It was not challenged, so again, she she will be challenged or whatever. Um, I hear people say that. Well, do you really want to try four to one on a horse that's never been on dirt? It's like, well, I'll I'll take the flip side of that. You're telling me the horse with this track record, I can get four to one on it, and the only question mark is dirt is the fact that it hasn't been on dirt. I mean, that's the way I see it. And if 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 you if if this horse came into this race. With this, with this track record and those races were on dirt, she'd be six to five, you know, uh, with, with, uh, four romp, romping wins in a row. Uh, that ledger is six to five in a Northern race. These races were in, in another, on, on a different surface. So I'm willing to take that gamble at four to one with this horse. I, I do like her stable mate as well. I will say that. And it's kind of a, a, a chalky kind of, kind of look, but I, I decided back in February I was playing botanicals. She got to the Oaks. I'm not changing. They say she's working well. Um, yep. and, again, and as Kevin says, it's a different story. And I'm not so much worried about the dirt as I am the pace, right? The dirt doesn't bother me that much. It's, it's, it's the, the potential pace in her. She maybe see a, a, more pressure up front than she's accustomed to. Cause she got, even those races where it appears that she came from off the pace of Turfway, she was sitting chilly. I think the, the race in the, uh, the Cincinnati trophy, she was nine lengths back at first call. Ignore that. Uh, that was a, a sprinter, uh, a sprinter in that race that just got away, and and, and Landale just sat and knew he had the best horse all along. So uh, that may not be quite as impressive as it looks, but I, I'm on the tank. I hope Chris Landale gets his gets an Oaks win. That'd be great. Uh, I do like her stable mate a lot as well too, but uh, I'm on the tanical train. CC, buy me a ticket for that train as well. I think. Uh... She makes the most sense to me. Looks like a, a filly that should have no problem handling the dirt. Uh, and I don't think she needs the lead by any stretch. I mean, just looking at her fractions, 24 and 2, 48 and 2 in the Bourbonette Oaks and, and 23. She don't be too far back. I don't think she wants to be too far back, but you're right. No. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, she even in her maiden win, she she stopped a length or two behind. Uh, yeah, that I like her. I think she's coming up to, to the race of her life. And I remember, I remember the Keeneland, the second, because I bet her the second time out at Keeneland, and uh, she didn't get there that day, and and the horse that won was was well intended, but she was rolling. I remember making a mental note that day, is like, okay, I was, 
I didn't cash a win ticket here, but I think I have the best horse. And so somebody I wanted to watch going forward. And she's proved that part right. But uh, I think there's more, I think there's more than what we're seeing here from Botanical. Maybe wrong. I mean, the horse may run 11th or whatever and may get bet down to what? I, could you see this horse being five to two, Kevin? Do you think this horse goes up to four to one, stays at four to one and drops? I think it's four to one solid. I think th- three to one, four to one is pretty solid on her. Okay. Yeah. I would like to get four to Seven one. We'll find difference. out. I didn't mean to cut you off, CC, but uh, pl- pl- please continue your thought. I'm sorry. Well, I, I mean, she's my top pick, and, and we'll leave it at that. But we'll move along to number seven, Wet Payne, who will likely be the favorite, daughter of Blaine. For Brad Cox and Godolphin, Flavian Pratt takes the mount. This filly is uh, – she's like a, a, a female Silky Sullivan. She'll just roll from the back of the pack, and she rides a three-race win streak into the Oaks. Kevin? Yeah, um, yeah, she's been winning impressively. She lost seven lengths um, there in the, in the fantasy, right? Um, and still was able to uh, to come from way back. And she just does that. She gets she gets Pratt, who's just seems to be as, as locked in as any rider in the country. Um, and having his choice of, of picks on all these horses, Angel of Empire and Wet Paint, um, went wide. But I'll tell you what, Oakland, especially on that day. I, I feel like the, those wide trips. I feel like that way the track plays. That's that's the way you want to do it. Have you guys have you guys been to Oklahoma? Or you watched Oklahoma very closely. Uh, I, I don't CC watched it pretty religiously. What do you think, yeah. CC? So I, I've just kind of gotten a little bit uh, a little bit more focused on, on paying attention to to how that track plays, and it seems like it, it's you know it's banked so that that uh, the second turn is up, and um, really runners come off of that in a really slick way. So if you hmm. can get that wide trip and kick kick down, you can you can have a nice setup. You, do you see that? Well, those miles, 16th races, they have a really long stretch. I mean, it, it, it tends to favor closers at times. And yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think you're right. I think it's something to do what you're saying. Yeah. Cause like a fairgrounds, it's just flat. And so like you're trying to make that wide move, um, and not in good position, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of dead, um, a lot of times, um, out of that turn. Um, yeah, so I was noticing that. So that's, that's just one thing, you know, and I think that's why King Russell was able to run so well. And we could also, you could throw that on Angel of Empire too. I think they got those right trips, um, at least uh, on Arkansas during the day. Um, you know, that being said, um, you know, what was it? Just a little hand ride to the wire to win by open lengths over, you know, tax in here. So I still think she's got tons of talent. Um, she's going to be a short price though. Coming from way back, I mean, I don't know, wet paint. You, you know, you can't use use both of these and try to make money with it. So um, I'm trying to fade wet paint is, is where I'm at right now. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how these prices work out. Uh, um, because if pretty mischievous is anywhere near this 10 to 1, then that's a, that's a, big, that's a big go for me there. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to try to beat wet paint and just uh, work with that opinion about how I saw that track playing and uh, possibly that she can't continue to step forward. That's that's a that's a, a pretty good point that I I did not know Kevin. That's why we have you on to point these things out to me, things like that. Because it actually it actually makes me sad. Cause I'm, I'm kind of high on Angel Vampire tomorrow. Um, but let me ask you this: Wet Paint is the Morning Line favorite in the Derby in the Oaks, and then we have Forte is the Morning Line favorite in the Kentucky Derby. Who's the more likely winner? Ooh, I had to think about this one, right? Yeah, I, I would say that uh, Forte is the more likely winner. 
Really? So you really are not feeling this wet paint thing, are you? I just think I think this is this is this is an interesting field, you know. And yeah. I think it's I think it's um, some horses are really coming up to their performance. And you know, wet paint, she she, she set, takes another step up from here. She's going to be, uh, you know, possibly three old champion filly. That'd be that'd be a big step forward. You know, she ran you know, a lot of time and. It, as you're talking, I'm noticing this is, and maybe no one else has noticed this. And again, I, I, I just happen to have the Brisnet open as we're going through this. Bris, Botanical and Wet Paint have the exact same prime power rating. I don't pay much attention to prime power, but they both are 144 highest in the field. They actually tie for that. It's interesting being as, as they're stable mates with completely different running styles, completely different surfaces and stuff. So I find that a little bit interesting. Uh, one thing I'll say about Wet Paint, and, and actually I'm fond of the horse. Uh, but as you said, we're here to make money, right? So it, it does, does provide a good alternative botanical if, if you think that, that that horse could be part of a pace scenario. But uh, Flavian Pratt uh, could have a big weekend. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he, With two horses that are both for bad, bad cocks, uh, both have the same running style, and, bo- and he rides both of them excellently. Um, I was telling CeCe off the air that Fl- Flavian Pratt, his rides in the Derby, are completely underrated. He he got country house from the 20 hole to essentially win the Kentucky Derby. Yep. And last year, it, we got all caught up in Rich Strike and Epicenter and everything last year in the Derby. We One thing we got overlooked is Flavian Pratt gave Zandon an incredible ride. Yeah. Zandon just wasn't good enough. He followed Epicenter, waiting. That was his plan. He tried to engage him in the stretch and thought he could he press by. He couldn't. Yep. But, uh, Pratt rides these, these type races extremely well on the dirt, uh, the Kentucky Derby's example. So, and I see this with the way he rides wet paint and Angel, Angel of Empire. So I'm going to give wet paint more of a, a chance than you do, but I completely understand your point. And fading the favorite in a race like this obviously makes sense, but he yeah. would not, she would not surprise me. Yeah. I mean, she, he's one of those riders. I mean, I ride the same that you get, uh, defensive about, right? You're like, oh, I got I got to use, you know, Pratt's yeah. mouth. Which I think is just something good to recognize in terms of that opportunity. If you do like other horses in the field, that you just take that runner off altogether, and you've got you're playing, you know, trying to get all that money of everybody who's in that mindset we all get, you know, who's getting defensive. I mean, like I, I got to use the Brad Cox mm-hmm. Flavian Pratt horse. Now, if you like her, boom, you know, just just take her to the bank and and uh, forget all about all the rest of them, Singler, Kier, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, she's going to take a lot of money, you know, in, in all the multi race wagers and and then this. So. Um, and, you know, deservedly so. Uh, we were talking about late pace figures a moment ago. And, again, this is a mile and a sixth. She's going a mile and eight for the first time. But mile and 16th, 102, 108, 107. And she did it. And she's done it on fast track. She's done it on off track. So that, that's a nice thing to have in your in your back pocket. Uh, of course, it should be fastest. I think it might rain a little bit Friday, though. Now that I think about it, it might rain Friday. Yeah, which, which she yeah. likes to rain. And she galloped out really well on January 28th and February 25th. If that is just helpful for anybody, she yeah. uh, she she moved through the wire pretty well. But he's fading wet paint there, CCU, brother. Yeah, as the favorite, I I, I think there's a chance if, if she breaks slowly or, or if they just go too fast. I mean, She's going to be at the mercy of traffic. And, you know, uh, at five to two, I, I think it's worth looking elsewhere. And, and like I said, I, I really like botanical. I wouldn't leave her out though. I think she's, she's very likely, she may be most likely to hit the board in this spot. So could be, uh, I would, yeah. I would like to point out December 14th, that race where she was run down by Bolsara. If, uh, it, it's it's funny that you know wet paint is the Kentucky Oaks favorite. Bolsara is nowhere. 
No, that horse did nothing after that. You're right. You remember that race? Bull Sara looked like a rocket coming from home. Yes. And, and, and yeah, she has not lived up Shot to the, the high. Yeah, it's crazy how this game works. But number eight is Promise Her America, daughter of American Pharaoh, trained by Ray Handel. And uh, Jorge Vargas uh, takes the mount. Last seen winning the Gazelle over Gambling Girl, who drew the two posts for uh, for Pletcher in this race. Kevin, uh, anything, any love for Promise Her America? I think she she drew well. I mean, I think it's it's a nice setup for her because you're going to have Wet Paint um, vacate that spot at the gate, you know, not be aggressive to the front, and she can sit right off of Botanical. So I think that's she's got that going for her. Um, Ray says they want to go to the front. They want to go forward. He's going to let uh, Vargas figure it out from there. Um, you know, she got here on Sunday, and she just walked the shedder on Monday, and she just uh, uh, jogged just a short distance um, on the track today, and she's going to have a, a pretty easy gallop tomorrow. It doesn't feel like they're, that she's really cranking to, to get this done, you know, just from, from, from watching really? her and all that sort of stuff. And, and am I a horseman? No, I'm not a fucking horseman. But, you know, just seeing how all of these other fillies are doing and paying attention, um, I'm just sort of like, uh, all right, she's she's taking it easy. So um, that was a big step forward. Um, it set up nicely for, you know, for her to be uh, towards the front and you know, what's going on in this New York division, you know, with, with the, the fillies or the fellas. Um, I'm not quite sure. So Aqueduct's always just a crazy track that I, I'm always just kind of kind of shaky about. Yeah, I always I'm I'm same way. I don't watch much Aqueduct. I really watch next night, but I, I'm, very, I'm usually dismissive of the horses that come from there. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a problem with me or whatever. Just it's just what I am. I I, I admit my Kentucky bias. Uh, I, the only thing I'll say about the horse, I don't know the horse very well. I won't lie. Uh, is that the, the the past performance line, past performance lines really show you how much this horse like won at distance, right? Uh, as as with experience and distance, this horse has got has gotten better and better in four starts. Uh, so I think we'll see her in the future as a non furlong type. Whether she can beat these horses, I'm not exactly sure. But that is a perfect example of a horse that needs experience and distance and has excelled at it. But again, this is a tough step up. So yeah, to me, she's sitting on a bounce. I, I can't use her. Yeah. Uh, number nine and tell me no lies for Peter Miller, a daughter of Arrogate. Ramon Vasquez coming the California right, uh, California route, and she finished second to Fiza, who probably will be one of the contenders for the Black Eyed Susan in a couple of weeks. Uh, finished second to her in the Santa Anita Oaks last time. Yeah, I'm not interested in, at all. Me either. A lot of black tide, but just someone in those, Calif- those short California races had to run second to Fiza, right? That's That's the way I see it. I mean, uh, there's a lot of Horses earn a lot of money, but you don't like her either, Kevin? No. I mean, it seemed like others were tiring in front of her for her to be able to get up into that spot. Um, yeah. So it seemed, maybe seems like a good move, but really uh, they're fading back is what I have for this one. And the, and the last time that they, they brought her from California, Kentucky, Wonderwheel beat her ass, right, in the in the juvenile Phillies. So I don't know that we've seen that much improvement from her to think that she can turn the tables on some of these. I, you know, you, you can't play everybody. I'm not interested either. Yeah. I think she could show some improvement in here. She might be in line for a career best, but I, I still, she's she'd have to make up a lot of links on the on the really good ones here to mm-hmm. to be a factor. So um, I, I can't, I can't. I mean, on the deepest of tickets, I guess I guess I could use her underneath. 
number 10, Flying Connection for Todd Fincher, who has absolutely dominated Sunland Park this winter. Uh, Florence Giroux takes the mount, and she looks like the uh, the primary speed in here. She wired the Sunland Park Oaks last time. Kevin, Flying Connection, do we use or do we throw her out? You know, that was that was a nice race. I mean, there was a backward horse in there that was three to five favorite, and she got a lot of pressure um, from her um, at Sunland. I mean, Giroux is, you know, I think Giroux kind of either goes to the front or goes to the back sometimes. He's going to go flying to the front with this one. I think it's going to – she's going to be the disruptor. I think she's going to be, you know – really getting out there, making things hard for botanical and, um, um, as, you know, we'll see what defining purpose and, uh, and Dorothy Bader sort of do with that too, as well as promise her America. But I think she's the one that's really going to quicken the pace and going to set it up for, uh, for somebody who can, who can get a little bit of a, a more even trip. Um, so I, I I'm going to, I think she's going to, going to go out and then, and then finish up the track. I do too, but, uh, you know, Kevin, uh, well, how do you think Brad Cox feels about this horse being in the race? You think he's on one hand, he's glad she's in the race to help wet paint, or you know, on the other hand, he's like, I wish he wasn't here to screw over botanical. You know, do you think he has conflicting opinions about this horse's appearance in the race? That's what sucks about these trainers having multiple entries in here. You know, uh, yeah. so he's he's all set. You know, he's got a, a mid pack, he's got a closer, he's got a front runner. What you know, he's he's all set. <laughs> he's got his bases covered. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not, you know, I, I'm not I'm, I don't obviously care about a sprinter coming. A sprinter type who, who went a mile sixteen sun not really my not really my cup of tea, but Todd Fincher is a fantastic trainer. I like his I like one of his horses earlier in a card as a bomb, as a matter of fact. And uh Todd Fincher does extremely well in Kentucky when he ships in here. Uh but th- this might be a reach, but again we discussed that this race could blow up too, so who knows, but not for me either. Number eleven, defining purpose. The winner of the Ashland Stakes a few weeks ago at Keeneland. She held off Punch Bowl and Julia Shining. Uh, kind of interesting. If uh, if Punch Bowl gets up, she's likely the uh, the Oaks favorite. But instead, she's on the outside looking in, probably going to the Black Eyed Susan next. So, uh, uh, Kevin, uh, your thoughts on defining purpose? All right. So my thoughts, you know, right after that race was, um, you know, I'd take Punch Bowl or Julia Shining over defining purpose going forward. I think she's had that perfect trip. Um, talking to BJ, he's like, you know, that, that was, that was all her. She put herself in that position. She's, she's got it figured out mentally. And, um, and that's pretty huge to hear. Um, she's been moving well in the mornings. You can see that bullet, um, to to, talking to, to, to the barn. They didn't have her at 47. They had her at 48 and one Hmm. um, on April 29th. You know, so that's just, I guess, just another <laughs> uncertainty in the equation. Um, and so that was Saturday, which is interesting because you're just kind of thinking like, all right, how many, you know, there's, there's a lot of works going off that day and, you know, they're not going to get them all, you know, exactly right. You know, not paying as, as, as close of attention, but they should get these ones pretty close to right. So it sped up, um, turned to what the barn has. And, um, yeah. So I, at first I was like, wow, this is you know, best of 150 defined purpose. She looks good. Uh, BJ says she's figured out mentally. She's obviously getting it done physically. Uh, she could be really interested in here, but um, in the end, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop her out. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, people after that race, uh, people are like with perfect trip, perfect ground. Don't get me wrong, it was. And but yeah. like, man, Punchbowl had her beat. Uh, Julia Shining might have been better. Well, it's like that's not the way it works. That said, 
We're like, well, when, when Punchball goes with the yoke, she's going to win it. When Julia Shine goes with the yoke, well, you know what? They're not here, and defining purpose is. Right. So I guess you make the, the argument that is if, if, if you really like Punchball and if you really like Julia Shining and they don't make the race, shouldn't you move up defining purpose to some extent? Uh, and maybe you start thinking, well, I mean, it, well, she had a short stretch in the mile of the 16th. Well, the two people that are, two horses that are coming at her aren't in the race. So, you know, I guess in a roundabout way, what I'm saying is, in theory, the horse actually should fit here, and it could it could be a long shot play again. Brian likes her. Uh, we're just assuming that they were going to get her to mile 16th. Again, they're not here. Um, you go back, which are two bad races, and they're off going at Oakland, right? So when you look at the at the, at the dirt form, the, the fast dirt form, it, 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 you, she moves up. Um, really, the only blemish on the on the fast dirt was was to Hoosier Philly when Hoosier Philly was was Hoosier Philly. Right. Um, so. Can she get a mile and eight? I don't know. Brian seems to think so. We had him on a couple weeks ago. He's very high on the horse. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to toss her. I, I think she's a she's a major contender. And we, we just mentioned that flying connection is going to shoot to the lead. Why can't defining purpose? It could be right outside her flank again. That's a possibility. Uh, if, if she puts herself there, if Brian puts herself there, she she could trip out. And if you trip out, that can get you that last sixteenth mile to get that mile and eight. So, yeah, she would be on my contender list. And again, yeah, I'm a little biased to the horse, but at the same time, still, um, you know, I, I like I like McPeak and Brian Hernandez, so I'm not, I'm going to say I like I'm the horse. I'm trying to check that. I'm trying to keep that in check because sometimes I get I get bought in, like you know, with the connections and talking to them and all that sort of stuff, and then I got like, okay, wait a minute, all right, you, you know, you got to think like a, a clear-headed computer sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. CC, I I like her. I if. Brian can avoid a wide trip. I, I think he's got a real shot here. But yeah, so, that's gonna be tough though, right? Right, coming from the eleven hole, yeah, you just it's it's a toss of the coin whether he's whether he gets the right trip or or he's four wide into the first turn. So you know, if she's four or five wide going into that first turn, I, I don't like her chance as much. Does Brian ever end up four or five wide? I mean, I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying he he's one of if you need a guy doing something smart, he's your guy, right? Yeah, I mean. Absolutely, but uh, he he he's kind of up against it coming out of the eleven hole. So uh, it's 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 you know if it's in the cards he'll 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 be as close to the rail as possible. But I, I yeah I if you're spreading I I would definitely not leave this one out. Yeah, Number twelve, I mean, Darth Vader. I'm, I'm sorry, Kevin. Go ahead. Well, yeah, distance is a question for me there too. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Just she just held there to get that win, but you know, strong hope on the bottom. I get it. Number 12 is Dorth Vader from Michael Yates. Louis Saez takes the mount. And uh, she's a daughter of Gervin out of a Yanaguska mare. Nothing about that pedigree screams <laughs> nine furlongs. I'm going to let you know uh, just to save time. I don't like her. I'm not going to use her at all. Yeah, needs one turn. Needs one turn. He's right. I mean, brilliant effort in the Vonadale just blew that field away, but – uh, I was hiring in the Gulfstream Park Oaks, and she ran like a horse that a mile sixteenth was pushing it right. She that that that, that race kind of typifies a horse that needs less ground. I don't blame the connections for trying the mile and eight, but and but what is interesting, and it's something I wanted to ask Kevin about. We talked about the Alice look earlier. Luis Sias let the Alice look. He goes with Dorth Vader. Now Luis Sias wrote affirmative lady. We're going to talk about here in a second, and he's on Dorth Vader. But I believe the reason is. Because he's waiting to see if Julia Shining got in the field, right? Is that why Saez appears yeah. to have sided with Dorf Vader over Affirmative Lady and or the Alice look? Would you, is that true, Kevin? Yeah, they said that his first call is Julia Shining. 
So if Julia Shining somehow gets in the field, which she could before Friday or however that works, maybe it's Thursday, I'm not sure, he goes to Julia Shining and then Dorth Vader needs another rider. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. All right. Because when you, we get to Affirmative Lady here, we'll see that it appears that Saya has left Affirmative Lady, but and that's why John Flasquez is on it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's good for everybody to know for sure. Yeah. So there you go. Moving to Affirmative Lady, right, TC? 13, Affirmative Lady, daughter of Airgate. Trained by Graham Motion. John Velasquez will ride, as we just mentioned, replacing Luis Saez. Winner of the Gulfstream Park Oaks. I think that was impressive to win, you know, at, at Gulfstream. I think she's, she's definitely one who will uh, open up with, with, with the longer stretch. Uh, I think she drew in a tough spot, and um, I haven't loved, you know, the way she's been moving on the track. Nothing, not a huge knock, but just seems like a little bit uh, sore maybe. And um, But Grand Motion has been hot as, as they come. Well, I guess he lost with that, uh, that Aikidos today. That, uh, yeah, that he did. That was favored, right? That was sort of maybe his, his – <coughs> Is down, but yeah, a toss for me, affirmative lady. Really, uh, I am kind of on the fence, simply because I thought maybe like a really big swamp move on the turn to, to win that race. So it looked like it made such a big move in that sh- I think it's a short stretch race at Gulfstream, right? So that yeah. that has me kind of peaked. But then I'm also like, well, Thor Fader's distance challenge, maybe it, maybe it kind of enhanced the look of that move. And um, so I'm a little torn. I'm I'm not going to say complete toss. I like the horse a little bit, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm a little the numbers aren't that great, but I did like the move last time. But again, that could have been a result of the field she was facing. So, don't ask me, brother. No, I'm uh, with you. I think in a longer stretch, that 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 could move her up for sure. I do. Yeah. I just think she's she's kind of just drew poorly. I would have liked her. Yeah, I would have liked her with an inside post and and any more. John Velasquez really gives wide trips. So, I mean, she's almost guaranteed to be four wide all the way around. So, I, I mean, I it would take a Herculean effort for her to win this, in my opinion. Oh, wow. I'm not going to go that far, but I, I see your point. Mm. 14. You Herculean, you know, Her- Herculean. That's a good Her- great word. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> 14, pretty mischievous, daughter of Into Mischief for Brendan Walsh, Tyler Gaffleon. Second to South Lawn in the Fairgrounds Oaks. And prior to that, she she won two in a row. And uh, boy, that, that fourteen hole—that's uh, that's a daunting task. Uh, Walsh adds blinkers. Yep. Yeah. And ten to one. I was shocked to see ten to one. Um, that, that'd be a, that'd be a great price. She, you know, I've, Walsh has been talking about her since she was, you know, a two year old. You know, just getting to the track. She, he's just really loved her, and they've been. They've just done such a great job with her moving her up slowly. You know, you can see it in her speed figures that, that she's been getting. And she went, ran a winning race in the Oaks and then she just, she just got lost out there. Right. And, uh, maybe, uh, wasn't, um, you know, just she, she, she thought she had won. Right. Uh, blinkers are on. That's to address that. So she, she's, she and South on my two top picks. Of course, got that, uh, Homer vibe to him for sure, right? With uh, coming out of the rounds. Um, but, uh, she's doing excellent, um, strong tactical options and she's got TGAF and TGAF, I think he, he can work on a nice trip from here, um, somehow, right? And she doesn't need to be, she really doesn't need, you can see her running line looks like she needs to be forward. She doesn't, um, the blinkers on on to get her to go forward out of the gates. It's for finishing the race. So, 
Uh, I think she can just kind of slot in as need be. And, um, you know, Brendan always talks about how easy she is to ride, which isn't the case um, with a lot of horses, but, you know, not, not a case with all these fillies and these three-year-old ones at that. So um, an easy-to-ride filly who's got tons of talent with TGAF on top at 10 to 1, all day, baby, all day. All day. I love it. I love it. Um, you answered a question I was going to ask you, Kevin, about the blinkers, because, you know, you know, the blinkers going on in a big race, but the way you've explained it, this ignore the fact that it's a big race. If this was any race, it sounds like Brennan Walsh would put the blinkers on. You're saying she got lost in the lead and yep. when horses get lost in the lead, and then that's when you go to blinkers and stuff. So ignore the fact that this is a grade one of race of prestige. If this is an allowance race, he doesn't do the same thing, right? Yeah. And Brendan's an assassin with putting the blinkers on. He, he's, he's done it. What he did it, uh, uh, it was Santine got the win, right? In the turf, putting the right. blinkers on last year. Um, yeah, he, he's, he knows what to do. So yeah, you talked me into the horse a little bit. I've always, I think I've had a little bias against this horse. You know, as, as horse players and sometimes you, you get your preconceived notions about horses or whatever. Maybe they come out of mate and race you and think, was that special or, yeah. lot. so you have like, I didn't have a big bias, maybe a touch of a bias for this horse. Like this horse isn't quite as good as other people think he is. And that turns out, but one of the one of the keys to being a horse player or just someone who enjoys playing the horse is admitting when you're wrong. Some people yeah. have a really hard time doing that. Uh, you know, live and learn, right? And if, if you want to progress, then you you have to be able to admit that you're wrong, and and, ca- and sometimes you capitalize on it. That can be a good thing going forward. I think I was a little bit wrong on this horse. I think the horse is better than I, than I gave her credit for when she was young. And listening to you talk about her, that I didn't know about the getting lost, the other blinker thing. You've moved this horse up for me. And the 14, when I know Tyler Gaffling on Churchill, the 14 hole doesn't bother me as much at a mile and eight with Tyler on board. So I now have more interest in this horse, and I'm also acknowledging my own flaws, which I have many, my bias towards this horse. So <laughs> you've you moved him up for me, Kevin. Well, I, I, hope, I, hope it's, I hope it's right or helpful. Okay. We'll see. I mean, at that price, right? If she was, if she was five to two, I'd be like, all right, let's, let's, let's look yeah. elsewhere. You know, be like, nah, bruh, but at 10 to one. Yeah, I can see that. I can see I did, no, I, I, Yeah. A price for her five to one. Um, I, I'm very interested in five to one. Right? At 10 to one, she's bumping as the kids say. She's bumping. She's bumping. <laughs> what do you, do you like her CC? Well, she's, uh, amongst the fastest on third graph with, uh, South Lawn and wet paint. Man, that 14 hole. I mean, I was against Monomoy girl. Coming out of the 14 hole when she won the Oaks, which was ridiculous. amazing effort. And then yeah. Lemons Forever won from the 14, right? Yeah, I'm not so certain that Pretty Mischievous is in that class, but hey, looking at uh, Blinkers on with Walsh has a flat bet profit uh, in the daily racing form. So you're spot on with that stat. Um, blinkers on and first Blinkers. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, gosh, I wish a couple of them would scratch though, because uh, I really, really want to use her. But uh, uh, that, that I, I may relegate her up to underneath. We'll see, though. Uh, now, Rich Strike shamed us all last year because I don't think we covered him in our sem- derby seminar last year. I think a lot of people didn't. Co- well, in fairness, it wasn't just as awesome. It was the way the system works or whatever. So yeah. she got in at the la- he got in at the last minute. So, But I know where you're going with this, especially well, in this race. Yeah, the AEs are 15 tax for Randy Moore. 16 is Julia Shining. For Todd Pletcher, uh, the the sister to Malathot, and 17 Hoosier Philly, who was all the rage over the winter at the fairgrounds for Tom Amos. Uh, Kevin, is, does any of those trios strike your fancy if they yeah. draw in? 
Julia Shine's still interesting to me, you know, and especially that we see that like we talked about Sias, right? Choosing to uh, um, make this the first call. Lightly raced. Todd Pletcher, third start, made a nice move forward, but didn't get the win there after that wide trip in the Ashland. Um, I think uh, I think she she could be good. And uh, who's your Philly? She she really does move differently on Churchill Downs track. I mean, I know some people just like hear that stuff and they cringe, but um, no, another kid's word, right? Cringe. Um, the loose dirt of fairgrounds is a loose dirt, right? And the track here at Churchill, it's got a little more spring to it. It's got a more clay to it. It's got a little, just a different sort of footing to it. And, um, who's your Philly? She's like out there buck jumping and getting crazy. She's, she's moving well. She does look a little bit slighter. She does look a little skinnier. Lost maybe a little weight. I don't know. Maybe lost weight she needed to lose. Maybe she's a sprinter. She's got a big butt. She's a little bit smaller. Uh, but she's moving well on the track. So, I mean, Who's your Philly? I'd be curious. I'd be curious to to to, to wager on her, yeah, especially if you're talking thirty to one. That's what I was going to ask you. Thirty to one, and I I think just from that name recognition, she probably wouldn't get thirty to one. Maybe oh, you, twenty twenty two to one. People will do nostalgically better. Like, oh, remember we lost all that money on Who's Your Philly? Let's, never, let's never again. Yeah, that was I, awesome. I got to get my money back and better down seven to one in the future wager on, on in the Kentucky Derby. Now she's thirty to one in the Oaks. Um, <laughs> But yeah, at thirty to one, I could see why you would give that a shot if she does like the surface, right? Um, one thing I would add is Julia Shining. I hope Julia Shining was in the race because I would bet against her. I, I, I'm not as thrilled with this horse as other people are. I mean, she, like two races in a row, she has not passed horses in the stretch. I mm. never like it when you when horses that you can make up lengths in the stretch, but you cannot pass other horses. I do not like that. I'm not yeah. saying that she wouldn't blossom in this race. But I would bring that. So I, I would hope that she would be in so I could get the price up from other horses. That said, 50, would Julia Shining be 15 to 1 if she drew in the body of this race? She's 15 to 1 in the morning line. Would she be that? I think she'd be lower, right? But God, yeah. She'd be 5 Top to 1 at best. I mean, she was also a uh, – wasn't she a, a, a derby future wager? Yeah, she, yeah. Or nominated, nominated Triple Crown, right? Yeah, I mean, she – People have been talking about this horse forever. She'd be a lot less than that. It's a weird morning line. It is, and I hadn't even noticed this until we started talking. I'm like, am I looking at this right? Yeah, 15 to 1. There's no way. Julie Shine be vying for favoritism to some extent. I mean, she you know, she probably wouldn't take the money wet painter botanical, but she'd be pretty close. So I was like, yeah, that's freaking way off. Now I actually won her in a race just so I can, we can prove her right about this morning line, right, Kevin? Yeah, so you can beat her. I mean, she ran a four, you know, four and yeah. three quarters. Third yeah, round last race. I like the horse going five to one. That's crazy. We've got, we've got the, the horse with the highest third. But this is what you look for, right, guys? This is what you look for. This yeah. is why the photograph can be so powerful or whatever if you're just using a different tool. If you've got these horses in there and uh, you, you like their, their performance there and you're, they're getting the odds, that's when you send in the bet, you know? I just, I'm just i looking at this. She just ran a 97 breast and, you know, against punch bowl and with the first try and blinkers or whatever. And everybody, this horse has been so highly thought of and so highly – Name recognition, there's no freaking way that would be 15 to 1. It's crazy. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> if they had a, a future book pool for the Alabama Stakes, I think I'd bet her. Because I, hmm. I think she can come a long way between now and in the end of August or mid-August. I got another question. Uh, who's your filly? If she doesn't, she's probably not going to get in this race. Does she go? You talk about how much she loves Churchill. Do they keep her at Churchill for some stakes race or some allowance race, or do they take her to the Black Eyed Susan? The, what I've heard is that they're going to take her to the Black Eyed Susan if she doesn't draw it. That's what they okay. were saying. So, 
You know, she loves the track. I'm with you. Why, why not keep her here? I mean, get an allowance, move, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think she's she's going to be a story throughout the year. I'll tell you that. Yeah. All right. What do you like uh, elsewhere? Is there anything, you know, we, we, we want to jump for the Oaks, but there's a lot of other great races uh, throughout the course. These these cars, I think I counted over 340 horses on these two days of racing, 27 races. That is insane. Um, anything earlier on the Oaks card that maybe strikes your fans or even after the Oaks, uh, Kevin, anything that, that brings a bell with you? You know, there's a, uh, gonna be some interesting prices there in, uh, race eight on the, uh, Oaks card. Um, Ouvre, Ouvre, whatever you want to say, Ouvre, she, um, she's a runner. She, she's, she's a game race horse and, um, uh, she was in tough last time. But um, she she should be good in there. Uh, I don't think she was in tough. I, I, I wish think? that I wish the uh, the whoever writes the comments missed that. But they they've got her as fractious last time, and she she was every bit of that. She just did not want to race that day for whatever. Something was annoying her, and I, I think. Right? Oh yeah, I, I remember that. I remember when she ran. She she had she something was something was on her mind. Uh, other than racing, and I th- I think she deserves another chance here. Was it a boy? Was it a boy? Well, it could be. That's that for my kids. Th- that would happen at the track in the morning. She would get she would get all washed out when she had to sort of wait um, to run. Like there was like a delay one day with a with a loose horse right before she worked, and she she still had a good time, but she was all washed out. She came across and she didn't look that good doing it. Um, so maybe it was something like that. Maybe she was was she in the in the four. Who knows? But yeah, I've seen her get tipper metal for sure. Can I make a, a quick point about Ubre? Who's if I'm not before last race, I think Jared Ludbury had won eight in a row on her, which is just incredible. That said, her two bad races on the page when she broke, and it could be complete coincidence, were without Lasix when she broke really bad, broke ninth as opposed to showing that usual speed, and she doesn't have Lasix again. Now that said, that could be complete an anomaly. That you know, it's a small sample size, whatever. But the two. The two quote unquote bad races were without Lasix, but, uh. Yeah, I think that Lasix stuff just always throws a wrench in it. Don't you hate it? Yeah. It's just like, just one or the other. Yeah, and, uh, would you bet Caravelle at four to five in that spot? No. No, I wouldn't either. I, I love Caravelle. She's a great horse or whatever, but four to five is like, it's a turf sprint, man. Anything can happen. A couple bobbles or whatever, and, you know, you're, you're jacked, so. Anything can happen. This new boss is Calhoun horse. She, she looked great getting second to Uber, you know, and I think the sprint distances are distance and, um, Calhoun, he's one of the best at, uh, yes. shorting horses and keeping them live. Um, and Savahe should step forward. I mean, Cherie's so fantastic with, with, you know, with, with her whole barn, um, getting runs into them and, uh, you know, have horses that come off the pace and on the turf. This is just like a total, Wheelhouse, Sharita Bo horse. So, um, Drew Nicely gets BJ. All, all the right things are happening there. So, is there anybody else that you, that you care for in a car off the top of your head? You know, if there's nobody, you don't have to say that, but. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just glancing through real quick. You guys can talk for a so second. I, I like I'll, Olivia Twist against, uh, Money's Gold, which is probably stupid. Uh, but Money's Gold is gonna, is, is the now horse and may win yeah. the race by 14 lengths at two to five, but. Olivia Twist bit into the race last time against uh, Wet Paint at Oaklawn and, and faltered. They're dropping back to seven today, and there's going to be some sick ass speed up front. Maybe the pace collapses in front. It's a Todd Fincher horse, so maybe at fifteen to one, where everybody else is going gaga or money's going to some of the other ones in that race. Red Carpet Ready, 
maybe I get lucky in there and, and um, get a big rally down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, Grand Love, Steve's always felt so highly about about her, you know, put her in the Peter Cups Juvenile, getting back to the distance she wants to be. I mean, that's, I, I think that could be, you know, it's just an opportunity, right? I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. going to go after money's gold. Everybody's talking about money's gold. You know, it's, it's an opportunity to uh, be on the other side of a, of a, of a you know, a landfall. A windfall. That's what I'm trying to say. Rusty, Rusty Arnold likes his Philly. He said, I, I, this is indirect quote. He said, if it rains, we're going to win. Hmm. Really? That's an indirect quote. Uh, now I don't know if it's dry, what's going to happen, but yeah, he, <laughs> he, he loves her in the, in the slop. She's a good horse. That's how she broke her maiden in the, in the slop at Churchill. So, uh, and so the, the, um, the modesty, I mean, there's no turf Philly that I like more than, than Didia, the number two. That Nacho Correa's Philly, uh, uh, Copa de Plata winner, um, which is the biggest, you know, uh, basically like the triple crown sort of setup that she had in, in, in Argentina. Um, she's nifty. She she's just she gets it. She she's been sitting on the shelf for a long time. Nacho's not great with getting ready off the shelf. That's not his specialty, right? But she was still ready to go. And he, he was he was saying before she won the Benson that. She will run much better next time. You know, she's, he's like, she, she's going to run great now, but she will run much better next time. I think she's going to be the breakout Billy of the year. And, and uh, oh, got a sick price last time. 371 was, was unreal. Um, and, five to one here. Yeah. Five to one here. So yeah, she's a stiffer competition for sure, but, um, she, she should be, she should be amazing. She's, she's worth, she's worth a swing for sure. I agree with you. I, I saw the race at the fairgrounds and, uh, you know that new fair, that wonky fairground surf didn't bother this one much at all. Right, so. and you could see, you know, yeah, you're like watching her go over. You're like, well, maybe she's not gonna like this, and then she, she, she just handled it, you know, because she's a runner. Um, of course, you got Chad Browns in here and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all about about her in there. Well, that's you're a good thing then, if you believe in the horse, it's gonna inflate the price, right? With Chad Brown, and the other oh, run, yeah. name runners in there. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what you want, right? And that's probably why we got five to one there. Um, what else we got? Um, I'll stop saying um so much. <laughs> Power, I think, is a single. I, I think he's he's set to be uh, pointed to the top of the vision. Breeders' Cup yes. classic favorite. If I could do a future bet on him now, I would. Um, so impressive how he just turned back everybody and just kept on going to the wire last time. Um, Gives weight to our collector, too. He, he carried 124 last time, carries 120. And our collector only drops one pound. Well, so, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's under the conditions of the race. So that's yeah, that's a, a, a mark in West Willpower's favor. So to recap, it's you like Ubre in the turf in the turf sprint. You like Dadia in the modesty, and then going to the. Do we have a final pick in the Kentucky Oaks for Mister Kevin Kilroy? I know you're debating between two. What do you think, brother? Um, to give me one, I'll take a. How about an ice cold exacta? South I love on, it. I, I, South on top of pretty mischievous. That's that's uh, eight to one on top of ten to one, folks. But it won't. And, be. But it won't yeah, be. It won't be. But it would still pay fairly solidly. What what yeah. you say? Yeah, that's it'll, pay, it'll pay nice. Hundred bucks, easy. So there you go. So and plus he says West Willpower is a single. So. I'm, I'm saying this so you get your credit when people cash and they, hey, that Kevin Kilroy really knows his stuff. Yeah, I'm like, like Louisiana more. That's what's going to happen. 
And then they're going to hear me talk about the, hey, that idiot picked the chalky botanical and wet paint. I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but I, I'm used to that. So, <laughs> Cece, do we have a uh, do we have an oak selection from you, an official one? Botanical on top, the Alice look in second, and South Lawn in third. We're going to inside posts. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So the, we're all over the board there. Well, no, but CC, I bought the botanical, but I, I'm saying botanical, but I can see the horse. I can see getting sucker betted on this one, right? I can see it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to get the horse home, but, uh, I, I can, I, it's one of those at the race, like, why, why did you bet the synthetic horse fool? But anyway. All right. Uh, anybody, let's get a real okay. quick, let's get a derby top three. Oh, okay. God, yeah. Okay. Derby top three. Um, you can say six if you want. I mean, ah, <laughs> confidence, Tough, game isn't two, it? confidence game and two fills are, uh, are, are my top two. I've been working with them, putting a lot of my money through them. Um, at the top in my, my verticals, I think they're, they're super live. They're, they're just, you know, I'm all about the horse that's coming into the race as opposed to the horse that, that's already had the race. And um, I like it. They're touting themselves big time. Um, I think this arm is live as 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 they come. Uh, but I also think, uh, you know, we'll be a little bit shorter price than it seems. But he, he's he's doing fantastic. You know, I think Dermasetagake is just one that's um, all over the, the place in terms of people's opinions about him and um, talking to people. You know, he, he was acting crazy like this in his works. Um, right before winning the uh, UAE Derby, so don't be concerned by that. I spent a long time watching him just walking in the shoot, just walking with a pony, you know, and he was just bobbing his head like he was listening to heavy metal music, like loving it, <laughs> feeling himself, you know. He's just a mad thoroughbred. He's just he's a crazy dude. Um, they say, like, he, like, will walk by, you know, a bucket nine times, and the tenth time he'll be startled by it, you know. He, he's he's just nuts. And he loves to run, um, and I think, he, I think he's going to do well, so um, – those are my top four to make a top five forte. I think he's he, of the, uh, you know, horses coming out of Florida and uh, shorter prices. I think when you have a horse that's got heart, you know, he's got, he's a racer, you know, he's a, he's a runner. He's got the talent. Um, he's got the connections. You know, there's a lot to like about forte. Uh, so I think he's going to be up there too. You know, uh, real quick, I know we're, we'll wrap this up, but uh, the, the whole X factor thing, you mentioned three long shots. For those that don't know, uh, Two fills is probably gonna be fifteen to one. Uh, confidence games gonna be thirty to one, and disarm probably about twenty to one. For the X factor, if nothing else, you put him on top of those horses in case he is the X factor, real deal, right? Uh, that's some some way to consider playing the races with that wild card. Put him on top of something that you like. Uh, but real quick before we go, why do you like confidence games so much? Explain it. Because a lot of people are not unaware of confidence game. Yeah. What what tips you to him? So uh, he he has looked impressive on the lead winning races. He's looked impressive coming off pace. I think he was, he was coming into some pace uh, winning that rebel, you know, had, had reasons to fade, but, but he really uh, ran well through the line, galloped out big. Um, he's won two races at Churchill. He's won off on off track, went on fast tracks. He uh, he's always been uh, a horse that, um, Keith has seemed to, to have treasured, you know, I mean, people are sitting here wondering why, why didn't he race in the last race? And, you know, you'll hear some different things and, you know, it's all stuff you wonder if you should believe, but he, he's, he, you know, he, he's thought this is a great horse and he wants to run in the triple crown, you know, and that's the, that's the intention, you know, win or lose the derby. Right. Uh, so he's, he's got the horse for that as opposed to, 
use the horse just to get here. He had his points and he, he made a strategic call. Um, he's been working fantastic. He worked a mile and a quarter. It's not listed official, but that's what they were doing the other day um, to get that sort of race type uh, situation in him. He, uh, his energy, his happiness, his mind, it's, it's all there. He's, he's just opened up to his stride at the beginning of that race last time or been in that work last Saturday, which I think is a huge thing, you know, how quickly you can get into your reach because you're going to have to stop and start. And um, he's uh, he's not one who takes a lot of time. He's going to have to build up his rhythm. So I think he's uh, <laughs> how great would it be? My man, Jimmy Graham, uh, yes. getting in the roses. Wouldn't you love that? I would. We would love it. We've had him on before. He is awesome. He is he's awesome. awesome. Right? He deserves it, man. He, he deserves is. it. So he's ridden two before. You know, which helps. And, um, yeah, I like, I like confidence game a lot. There you go, folks. 30 to 1 CC. I'm sure he swayed you a bit, didn't he, brother? Outstanding. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I echo the sentiment. Love to see Jimmy Graham wear roses. That would be, that would be so much fun. So, you know, he'd celebrate. He'd do a backflip or something like that, you know? It would be awesome. It would be fantastic. Kevin, right. we, can, we appreciate this, man. This is such throwing knowledge, brother. Throwing knowledge. Yeah, thanks for thanks for thinking of me, guys, and having me on. I appreciate that. All Anytime. Right. We need to hook up at the track. You're you're well. You're gonna be gone after this weekend, right? Yeah. You guys be coming by the next few days, though. I might get out there Derby Day. We'll see. Or maybe I don't know. We'll see. Maybe between work and crowds and stuff. But eh, we're probably yeah. out there Derby Day. We'll see. We'll look for you if we can. Right. We'll be on the backside. Yeah. Let me know. You'll be on the backside on Derby Day. Yeah. That's oh, that's oh, a plan. Oh. Yeah, that's the plan as of as of today. All right, well, I'll be back there. Let me know. Yeah, okay. check out uh, Miss Lovell's barn. We'll be back there. All right. Yeah, that's the spot to hang. Love it. You got... All right, thanks, Kev. We do really do appreciate it. Well, man. Best of luck this week. Yeah, you too. Thanks, guys. And, uh, let's uh, let's sign off right now. We'll end it right here on behalf of Brandon Jaggers, who's probably in bed by now, and Alan Schneider, and of course Kevin Kilroy, who does fantastic work at the fairgrounds, and you can catch him later this winter. Uh, this is CC Broadus signing off and reminding you in the words of Jerry Romans, we're not happy until you're not happy. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> Good night, everybody. Happy Oaks. <laughs>